money, 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 money. And welcome into the Winning Ways Podcast. I'm David Schuster, joined by my good friend and very, very, very successful gambler, Andy Roth. And this is where we will give you updated odds on numerous subjects across the sports spectrum. Andy is especially proficient at future betting. And I'll sprinkle in my thoughts on those subjects and also look at some upcoming NFL and college games once we get into that season. We are brought to you by DraftKings and the NFL is back. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odd boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any week one game, that's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, you call one 800 nine with it and with that andy i you know again you are the pro here i'm just a neophyte and i'm <laughs> i hope to ride your coattails here but i know that you already uh, right off the bat i'm gonna let you lead the way on this one because i know that you got some really strong thoughts on a couple of subjects yeah well let's start in baseball with the american league rookie of the year uh randy rosarena the clear favorite at minus 150 but the odds makers are giving him too much respect. There are probably three viable candidates. You've got Adelis Garcia of the Rangers, who's at plus 450. Now, he struggled badly for two months, so I would hold off playing him. But you've got Luis Garcia, the starting pitcher for the Astros, at plus 650. And arguably, he's been their best starting pitcher, so he's worth a play there. And then Rosarena's teammate, Wander Franco, uh, the top-rated prospect in baseball, struggled terribly when he came up, but he's been on fire and there's great value there at 40 to 1. You know, a Rosarina obviously had a breakout postseason last year, and people uh, are forgetting that he is a rookie this season. Do, do, do sometimes, you know, and, and listen, this might not have anything to do with the odds and everything, but do you think sometimes the people who, who vote on this will t- take a look and see what he did in the postseason and not even look as hard at what he's doing in the regular season? It happens a lot in the futures in general. They'll look at someone with a great reputation and give them too much respect as far as the betting line is concerned, and that certainly could be a case with the Rosarena. All right. Uh, I would agree. A Rosarena right now is your, pun intended, odds-on favorite, and I really have no other thought. Yeah, Garcia, you know, you're right. He tailed a little bit, but he's had overall a pretty good season. Yeah, but the guy to look out for... But I think a Rosarena here. Yeah, I mean, but... The guy to really look out for is Franco, who's been on a tremendous tear. And the price is wrong at 40 to 1. There's great value there. That's why I would jump on that. Totally. All right. Uh, what's the next one that you got? Well, let's look at the American League Cy Young three way race. 
Lance Lynn, still the favorite at minus 150, leads the league in the RA, but some of the analytics really don't support him. Garrett Cole is second at plus 150, but the value still comes with Robbie Ray, who's had a tremendous season. Last night, seven innings, one run, one walk, 14 strikeouts, and it's seven to one. He's worth an investment there. And, and you know what? Here in Chicago, I you know I see Lance Lynn on you know every fourth day or fifth day, whatever. And, and I just don't feel like he's a Cy Young award-winning kind of pitcher. Um, he's ten and three. He's two point two zero ERA. I'm a very traditionalist when it comes to the old old-time numbers. I'm sorry. Then there's Carlos Rodon, his teammate, who's got to be in the running as well. He's ten and five. He got the win today. He only won five innings coming off the injured list. His ERA is not too far behind Lynn at 2.43. You know, uh, where, where do you put him on the totem pole? Yeah, Rodon really uh, dropped out of the race with, with the missed time. Uh, he won't accrue enough innings to, to get serious consideration. If he had not gone down, he'd still very much be in the thick of the race. He's the fourth-rated favorite, but he's certainly not worth an investment. Real quickly on the National League Cy Young Award, uh, I mean, DeGrom missed a ton of time also, but if he comes back and has – four, five, or even six really good starts before the season's over, can he still win his another Cy Young Award? Actually, the word on DeGrom is the best uh, as far as a date to return is mid-September. He will not have the innings to compete. Right now, Walker Bueller, the betting favorite, and he probably should be. It's really probably a three-way race between Bueller, uh, Corbin Burns, and Zach Wheeler with a possibility actually of Brandon Woodruff. I was going to throw in Woodruff because he and Burns, you know, both in Milwaukee. And listen, I saw them pitch back-to-back games. And listen, I know the Cubs right now are a double-A team at best, but they were just overpowered. I think one had 17 strikeouts, the other had 13 on back-to-back games. Is is Woodruff, uh, you know, what are his numbers, our odds numbers, I should say? Uh, Woodruff, you can get about 750. Uh, I mean, if you'd want to throw down a, a small wager, it could be worth it. Uh, I do have to mention that I did bet Burns at 50 to 1 before the season started. And he's now at plus 200. That's a nice return if it comes through. Uh, what else in the uh, in baseball? Any other ones? Uh, really, th- those are, well, National League MVP, uh, Tatis, the prohibitive favorite at minus 300. I think that's too high. He's really struggled since coming back. I do think if someone comes up with a big September, on a team that makes the playoffs, they've got a shot at wrestling away that award. And a guy that comes to mind for me is Joey Votto with the Reds, who you can get at 22 to 1. And the American League MVP, you might as well just hand the award, even though it shouldn't be called the MVP. It should just be called Player of the Year, which I've always had a problem with. Uh, Otani, what's what's his numbers right now? Minus what, a million? Uh, as high as minus 3,000. Wow. So if you do want to get a free $100 bet, as I would say, and put up $3,000, you can bet Otani. Have you ever done that before, put up 3000 to get $100 back? Actually, one of the seasons that Lou Williams was basically a lock to win six men in the NBA, uh, they put up a line after the season at minus 1500 I said, Dad, I'll take a free 100 and I put 1500 down. You know, and, and you hear in boxing, or not in boxing, in Vegas sometimes, where someone puts down a million-dollar bet on a lock but, I mean, I'd be nervous as all heck to put down a million dollars just to get what? Like about $10,000 back or whatever it might be. I'd be out of my mind scared. But, see, that that's different. You're talking about the outcome of a match or a game. 
as opposed to a, an award that's being voted on. And it's, it's a big difference. Like I make the comparison, me being able to bet on Lou Williams after the season is the same thing as a bookmaker letting me bet on a game that's already been completed. You know, talking about Otani, and he's going to win the award, obviously. It might be worth it just to bet it, just to have a winning ticket that you could show somewhere down the road in maybe 20 or 30 years. You could sell that winning ticket on eBay for some money and even make more money off the damn thing. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But it really is free money with Otani at this point, because even if he went down, he still basically is a lock to win this award. You know what's really interesting, Andy? I think the most competitive awards, we haven't talked about it real quickly. We will. The managers of the year in both the American League and the National League, because there's no locks in either of these. And there's some guys who are very deserving in both leagues. Yeah, I think uh, the man in Milwaukee could walk away with the award as well as they've played American League. Hmm. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, there's no real great bet there. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. I think Dusty Baker wins that award, and I think it's a long time coming. There's a lot of people who just love Dusty Baker. I think he wins it. And I got to go back to the National League. I mean, Craig Consell has had a great season, and I think, you know, he's – but what about Gabe Kapler? I mean, yeah. you know, right, right now they're, they're holding off the Dodgers. I mean, True. he True. might win the award. Yeah, they win that division. He's got a great shot to win it. Okay, so either one of those two guys would be a, a, probably a good bet. All right, go to football. What, what do you have in football nowadays? Uh, we'll take a look at uh, Rookie of the Year. And among the rookie quarterbacks, I think Zach Wilson is in the best situation to succeed. And you can get him as high as 9-1 to one or even 7.5, to 8-1. Um, he's worth an investment. And with the Steelers probably emphasizing the running game this year after being so dreadful last year, I think Najee Harris is worth an investment at 10 to 1. All right. Well, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is probably the odds on favorite. And it's already been decided that he will be the starting day one quarterback. And he's tremendously talented. There's no question about it. But he's playing on a garbage team. So I don't think that's a good bet. And I think I've probably told you this. And again, I'm the neophyte. You're the pro. But I think, and this has got to be a really good price, the number four overall draft pick that went to Atlanta was Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, yeah. And he's plus eleven hundred. That's what I saw. Yeah, there's earlier. some value there too. I think. I think. Listen, it's a quarterback-heavy draft, and we'll be on the board here also. But I like him because, first of all, Matt Ryan throws the ball all over the field. He's got good wide receivers. He's got a pretty decent offensive line, and I think this guy is going to be single uh, guarded in in the secondary. I think, and he's really good in the red zone. At least he was in college. I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, that's one other player I should have mentioned, but that there is good value for Pitts. All right, we all, we're supposed to come up with our best plays or our best picks. So I'm going to go out and say that Kyle Pitts is my best bet, at least on this uh, particular podcast. Uh, what else in football? How about um, mo most improved player? Most improved, okay. And the guy I've got my eye on again because I think he's got the ability to win it and the price is wrong is Jameis Winston down in New Orleans where you can get him as high as 18 to one. That That's good value. Obviously, uh, Dak Prescott uh, is in contention, uh, Christian McCaffrey, players like that, Carson Wentz, but Prescott is only two to one. There's no real value there. How about Saquon Barkley, who missed most of the season? He got injured right here in Chicago, and then, you know, I don't, think, I don't even know if he even played even after that. Is he in the running also? He's at six to one, but again, don't consider that good enough value, and um, – you know, a tough injury to come off of to, to have a big season. Okay. 
Uh, how about uh, basketball? Obviously, the season's still a ways away, but listen, basketball junkies, basketball gamblers, it's 24-7, 365. What do you got in basketball? NBA, we've got uh, most improved player award. And last year I had Julius Randle at 65 to 1. Uh, two guys I'm focusing on this season are OG Ananobi with the Raptors, who uh, made some good strides last year. Uh, talented player, 6'9 wing, uh, over the last two months looked really good, shot the ball well from three. And I think with Kyle Lowry leaving, um, he'll have a, a, a better chance uh, and more usage in Toronto to, to really step up his game. And the other guy is Jordan Poole of the Warriors, who, again, made really good strides in his game last year. I expect uh, his minutes to go up, his usage rate to go up. And over the first two months of the season, there's a good chance he'll be in the starting lineup until Klay Thompson comes back. You can get Poole at about 50, 55 to 1, and Ananobi as high as 80 to 1. All right. You know, I, I looked at the numbers earlier today for most improved player odds. And they have Michael Porter, I think, second overall right now. The only problem, in my opinion, with Porter was he improved so much from the year before to last year. I mean, for him to be most improved player, he would have to be all NBA this upcoming season. So I don't see that as being realistic. As a matter of fact, the linesmakers made some ridiculous odds with a lot of the players like Porter Jr., who were mentioned last year, making them the favorites. Yeah. When realistically... Porter Jr. should be a major long shot to win it because he competed last year for the award. You know who I think, you know, and I don't even know if you can get a number on him, Andy. You might think I'm crazy. How about Ben Simmons for most improved player if, if he starts playing like everybody hopes that he does, starts hitting his free throws, starts taking over games in the fourth quarter? Could he be a most improved player candidate? It certainly is, is you know, a possibility. Again, last year, when I bet Randall at 65 to 1, that was several months into the season. So a lot of times during the course of the season, you can spot a good number that the linesmakers are missing. All right. MVP, I took a look at this also. It's the same cast of characters seemingly every year for MVP. Tell me if there's somebody who's a dark horse. Luka Doncic is, again, the, the odds-on favor for the second year in a row. Listen, he had a great year last year, but, you know, he never was in the running as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, they got Embiid. They got Durant. They got Steph. They got Giannis. I'll tell you who I like is, you know, and you and I have talked about this. How about LeBron James being the MVP? He is so determined to get his Lakers back to the championship. He still, in my opinion, is the number one player on that team. And he's won the award a bunch of times, so he knows what to do. I like LeBron. I think that's a good bet for MVP. The, the, the troublesome part is, and although he could have overcome that last year, it is more difficult when you play with other stars to win it. Uh, matter of fact, uh, a bet that was on the board that dropped significantly, I would have taken a flyer on was his teammate Russell Westbrook, who at one point was 85 to 1. And I don't have a problem in that kind of situation where it's a low-risk, high-reward situation and a guy like Westbrook that certainly stuffs the stat sheet and playing in L.A. at that price, I would have played him. The only other flyer I would take possibly would be Jason Tatum at 30 to 1. Otherwise, I see how the season develops and then see if there's a mistake in, in one of the lines. You know what? I, I just want to get back to LeBron for a second and Westbrook. I don't think LeBron will let anybody else be an MVP on his team. 
if you know the mentality of the player, I just don't see it. But I do like Jason Tatum at 30 to one. Listen, if the Celtics are a much improved team, if he can make them get them like a number two or three seed, I could easily see that. That that's a good long shot bet for MVP. Yeah, and and realistically, he's not playing with a second star. Jalen Brown is very good, but he's not a second star. And and, and as I've discussed with you in the past. History shows playing with a second star really does hurt you. Uh, Durant uh, did not win his MVP until Russell Westbrook went down with an injury in OKC. And Westbrook didn't win his MVP until Durant left. And Curry in Golden State won his two MVPs prior to the arrival of Durant. All interesting stuff. And, you know, sometimes you got to take a look at stuff like that when you go to the windows because history has a habit sometimes of repeating, as you well know. Right. And we've got one more NBA play. Go ahead. Defensive player of the year. A guy that, to me, was a top 10 defender last season, isn't getting respect in the line. And that's Mr. Clint Capella of the Hawks at 40 to 1. Well, he's really good around the rim, obviously. And uh, listen, Atlanta, you, you have to be a good team more often than not to win an award. Atlanta is an up-and-coming team. I took a look at the list. I mean, Rudy Gobert is an annual guy, and he's won the award a couple of times. Uh, ben, ben Simmons, you know, it's funny, Andy, because when I think of Ben Simmons, I mean, he is a good defensive player, but I don't think of him as one of the all-time great defensive players. Uh, Anthony Davis, I love Anthony Davis, everything about him. Bam Adebayo. I mean, he's he's also at least another player in the running. I'm trying to think of another dark horse. Uh, you all, Giannis, of course, has been an all-NBA defensive team a couple of times and has won the award. I just can't think of any dark horse for that award. Yeah, well, really, if I had to choose a second play, it would be someone like Adebayo only because of the price, 14 to 1. The usual suspects like Gobert and Simmons and Giannis, you don't get value. But Capella is great value at 40 to 1. All right, upcoming when the season gets closer and closer, I, you know, I specifically will give out some uh, games in both college and pro football on Saturdays and Sunday games. I just want to talk real quickly in advance, and you can add on if you want to. Uh, NCAA odds for winning the championship. And listen, just like we talked about in basketball, it's always the same cast of characters. In football, it's the same cast of characters every year. Alabama. Alabama is plus 260. Clemson's plus 450. Georgia and Ohio State plus 600. Notre Dame at plus 8,000. <laughs> if you really want to bet a long shot, I'm going to go out on a li little limb here. And if uh, Alabama is probably going to win another championship, they probably will. But if I had to bet something for college football going into the season, I would take Clemson, the second betting favorite, only because unlike some of the other teams that I've made mention of, they have a quarterback that has played and played well. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence was their starting quarterback, but they have their sophomore quarterback, and I'm going to butcher his name for sure. And I, he played a lot last year when Trevor Lawrence was hurt. DJ Uyagalia or something like that. I'm sure I butchered it. Galali or something like that. So because of him, and Clemson's got an easy schedule, I'm going to pick Clemson to win the national title. And as far as the NFL, real quickly, Kansas City is your betting favorite. Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Green Bay, and Houston behind. You know, and it's funny. All the teams that are betting favorites, Andy, in football, at least the pros, all have basically all pro quarterbacks. That's no coincidence as far as I'm concerned. And because of uh, all that, and because Buffalo is getting a plus 1,000, I'm going to take Buffalo as uh, the third betting favorite to win uh, the NFL, the Super Bowl, only because, uh, I mean, Mahomes and Brady, 
I don't see Brady winning it again. Sorry. Father time takes over at some point. My strategy in terms of betting teams to win a championship or a conference, whether it be the NBA or the NFL, unless I see an amazing price, I let the season play out a bit. And especially in the NFL where injuries are such a factor, I'd rather play that closer to the end of the season. All right. Now, again, you are a successful and I can say this longtime, you know, wagerer. What is your what is your strategy both going into the season as the and also as the season unfolds? Do you double down sometimes? Do you go away from your original bet? I mean, you know, what what's your theory on wagering prior to the season and as the season progresses? The strategy never changes. There's just one strategy. You bet bad lines. And for example, last season in the NBA, before the season started, I bet Ben Simmons at 40 to one for defensive player of the year. Early in the season, I bet Miles Turner at 100 to one. And that allowed me then to bet Rudy Gobert at a much lower price, but still gain a big profit. So it's all about spotting bad lines and getting good value. And part of your strategy also is sometimes in, you know, in, in horse racing, they call it, uh, I don't know, backing up your bet or something like that. Hedging. Hedging your bet. So you, you may not think that, uh, you know, one guy might not win it, but if you see such a long line, you got to jump on that and then maybe still, you know, but what basically you're doing is you're, you're funneling your money in more than one place. Yeah, you do do that. Uh, but the other part of it is, uh, an example, two seasons ago, uh, I figured out early on that the Raptors were going to be a lot better than most people thought, and I played them to win the Atlantic Division at 6-1, to one, and I played Nick Nurse for Coach of the Year, I believe, at 20-1. to one. And, So and it's about seeing things that other people may not see. Okay, let's talk about postseason real quickly here. Um, the, the upcoming postseason, of course, will be baseball first. Okay. Once the regular season ends, what are the what are the different um, quote unquote futures in in baseball? I mean, do you have the ultimate World Series MVP that you can wager on before the playoffs even start, or even series like let's just say the Yankees play the White Sox in the first round of the playoffs? I mean, how does that work? No, they they normally wouldn't post uh, in baseball World Series MVP until the participants are, are known. Uh, in football, they might do that at the start of the playoffs or even in basketball, who will be uh, the N NBA MVP finals. But in baseball, they won't do that. OK. And like in a series, let's just say, again, first round, Yankees, White Sox, best of five or something like that. Not only can you bet game by game, but you can bet the whole series, you know, whatever. the Yeah, you can bet a series line in any sport. Yeah. OK. And then even once you get to the postseason, can you bet on whatever two teams will ultimately make the World Series? Yeah, you can always do that in, in any sport. You know, in football, you can bet who will meet in the in the Super Bowl. And in the, in the NBA, it's in the finals. But again, um, my strategy always is almost waiting, especially in the NBA, waiting till the end of the season, the regular season, to know the team I'm focused on is healthy. And also, I know the potential playoff matchups and the road to the finals. Okay, and one last thing here, Andy. I mean, uh, I always get a kick out of, and they're, they're called—they're not called gimmick bets, but they're called—I don't know. 
different kind of bets, you know, like who's going to hit the most foul balls or who's going to, I don't know, something stupid like that. What are some of the craziest uh, wagers that you've seen, you know, maybe you haven't done, but that are available to wagerers? Well, I know one professional better uh, bet on where Tom Brady would be playing after New England, and he won about $300,000. He bet on Tampa Bay at 45 to 1. Wow. Okay. That's a pretty good one. Any other ones? Any other ones? I mean, like I said, sometimes in baseball specifically, you know, who gets the first stolen base, who gets thrown out, who gets, I don't know, the most assist in a game, some really stupid bets. Never heard of a big hit on that. As a matter of fact, that same professional better not only bet on Brady signing with the Bucs, but he bet on the Bucs to win the NFC and the Super Bowl before Brady got there. Okay, that that guy's rolling in dough. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That wasn't you, was it? No, No, that one wasn't me. It can't be you. You're doing this podcast with me. That's (laughs) right. But Andy is very successful. For those who are listening for the first time, Andy has uh, cajoled me over the years. and, And, you know, he's told me in advance what he's done, and then he's shown me the winning ticket. So, you know, it's more than just talk. It's the walk as well. So good for you, Andy. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Anyway, until then, and like I said, when we get closer to uh, the college and even more so the pro season, I'll be giving you my locks. I think my best bet, Andy, you want to go back real quickly? My best bet today was Kyle Pitts uh, as being the NFL Rookie of the Year. If, If everything that you talked about today, what would be your best bet overall? I would take a shot at Wander Franco for Rookie of the Year at 40 to 1. Pretty good odds and a pretty damn good return if it comes through. Yep. All right. Until next time, uh, I'm David Schuster. He's Andy Roth, and we appreciate you listening. Thanks a lot. 